Hello and welcome to the Dead Letter Movie Podcast. This is episode 46, recorded March 23rd, 2020. I'm Tim. I'm Andrew. And in light of the current global situation, yeah. uh, we decided to uh, talk about some of our our personal favorite sick movies. Yeah. So, you know, stuff you, you put on when you're... Not You're feeling homesick, well. not feeling yeah. well, just you know, comfort viewing kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So obviously this is this is kind of personal taste. You know, your mileage may vary. Your mm-hmm. your own tastes are, are probably entirely different. You know, we've we've each put together a, a short list. These are, you know, these are things I remember from when I was a kid. I don't know. You know, if, you know a couple of these are probably not necessarily comfort viewing for uh for, yeah, for everybody one of mine for sure is not but it is the it was the movie i would watch when i was not feeling well so going for it um yeah so we, tim and i did not discuss them really beforehand so this is just going to be a surprise so we'll just switch off each person's movie so uh yeah tim why don't you go first all right then um so for my number three spot okay i have uh this this is should not come as a surprise to anybody really uh, it's the 1987 classic Rob Reiner's The Princess Bride. Oh yeah, that's a great movie. Yeah, the uh, it is. yeah, and um, very like a lot to really look at. Um, it, I would I always maintain that if it weren't for The Princess Bride, we wouldn't have had Shrek. Yeah, I I think that's probably true. I mean, there's there's a lot of the yeah this this works on the the base sort of classical fantasy archetypal mm-hmm. level, but. There's a lot of tongue-in-cheek and, and sort of poking fun stuff, too. And it, it sort of fits with the whole, you know, sick thing, you know, with, with Peter Falk yep. as the grandfather reading to Fred Savage, the grandson, while he's sick at home in bed. And, and you know, it's it's just a wonderful movie. I, I don't know that there's really a whole lot that anybody can say about it at this point that hasn't already been said. Nope. No, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's also one of my favorite movies. It's... um. The, you know Rob Reiner. Rob Reiner at that time had an amazing streak. Um, basically, from his first movie, uh, This Is Spinal Tap, uh, up through Princess Bride when Harry met Sally. Like I think toward like to about a few good men. Like every movie he made was like amazing. So like and like Misery, like just tons. Like he made like five or six. Like I don't know. I could I could look it up right now, but I'm not. So um, yeah, Rob Reiner. He's the man. Uh, he has not yeah. done anything amazing lately, from what I understand, but eh, he can't have everything. Eh. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, what's your favorite sequence in the movie? Oh, gosh. Um, I, I think probably my favorite sequence in the movie is the uh, the, the first duel between uh, the Dread Pirate Roberts and Inigo ah, on, yes. on the clifftop. I am also not left-handed. Yeah, just, just the... Not not just the the fencing there, but the the verbal back and forth that they have, where they're they kind of sparring with each other on on that level too. And there there's so many layers between the interaction there, and it mm-hmm. feels so so intimate. All of it, it's that's just fantastic. I love that. Yeah, I think I think for me, it's the scene um, at the like the, when he finally meets the Dread Private Roberts and his whole logic thing that he's just just spinning around in circles, just just the verbose nothing that he says oh yeah yeah i just love it yeah yeah so well written that so well written all right oh and uh like uh that we are not sponsored by anything um but the criterion collection blu-ray is the best um if only for the 
there's a special feature that is a is Rob Reiner reading the book as an alternate um, audio commentary, and it's really cool. Um, so I totally recommend checking that out. Uh, those of you who are still into physical media. Who are you? No one of consequence. I must know. Get used to disappointment. Okay. So I guess we'll go into my number three pick. Um, my number three pick is um, from when I was a teenager and one of those edgy type teenagers. But this is still like, this is a movie I have watched since I've been sick or like I've been home stuck having to do something. And that is uh, 1986, David Lynch's Blue Velvet. I don't think Tim has seen Ooh. this. No, no, I haven't. It's yeah. True. Yeah, and it is, uh, I'll admit, this is not a movie for everybody. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it is, um, it, yeah, I, I, I questioned myself, like, why was this something that I like to watch when I was sick? Uh, but I think part of it was the fact that I could, it could be worse. Um, <laughs> was, <laughs> might have been the theory behind it. That, it just has a mystery that's very interesting to me, that, you know, uh, the, like a quick rundown of the beginning of the of the movie. So this kid, Jeffrey Beaumont, played by Colin McLaughlin, who's from Twin Peaks, um, he's walking to go visit his dad who's had a heart attack. Um, he's come back from college, and on his way to visit his dad at the hospital, he comes across a severed ear in a field. So he takes this ear to the police and gets embroiled in this big mystery surrounding it uh isabella rossellini is this lounge singer in it dennis hopper plays the like the villain that i compare all villains to it is uh it's got a great soundtrack by angelo Badalamente. it looks at the the dirtiness that is under suburbia which is a theme i love um all small town suburban terrible stuff is one of my favorite themes <laughs> And like, no, like all the way, like, you know, anything that's like the seedy underground of happy small towns. I love that stuff. So, yeah. And I guess uh, I'm going to talk about a favorite sequence that uh, like it, there's numerous just random weird things that happen because it's a David Lynch movie. And I can't really pick too many of them. But like, I mean, I could pick any one of them. But uh, there's a particular sequence where Jeffrey is working in a in a hardware store, his dad's hardware store, trying to help and there are two other workers, one of which is blind, and they have this whole thing about how many fingers am I am I holding up. And it took me at least five times of watching that before I figured out how he did it. Um, so, um, okay, but yeah, uh, worth it if you're into the darkness while you're not feeling well, or you know, if you're just stuck inside, you're like, well, that seems like a good movie. Eh, it's a good movie. It's uh, not a. I make it sound more pleasant than it is, but it, it's <laughs> there's some uh, viewer discretion is advised. Uh, it, it, I mean, that's that's David Lynch. That's David. It earns its R rating. I will say that. Um, okay. Anyway, I was at the hospital this morning, and coming home through the field behind our neighborhood, there behind Vista, I uh, found an ear. You did a human ear. Yeah, I thought I should bring it to you. Yeah, that's right. Let's take a look at it. Yes, that's a human ear, all right. Number wow. two. All right, then, moving on, uh, number two. Uh, my number two will also not come as a surprise to anybody who knows me very well at all. Uh, this is a, another 80s classic from 1985, we Back were, to the Future. Yeah, we were totally born in nineteen in the 1980s. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 true. Um, yeah. I mean, not, nothing for it. This one almost made my list, actually. So, yeah, some, some of my earliest memories are of watching this movie, you know, mm-hmm way way too young to to really be watching this but um 
it's PG. Yeah, it's not like it, it. It is. I mean this. This is another one of those like we we've talked about here and there. This would have got the thirteen if that was oh, for a sure. thing at the time. At the time, just for yeah. just for language. Yeah. there's plenty of swearing. Mm-hmm. So many swears. Um, but no f bombs. I don't think. No, uh, but just no. other things. Yeah, not uh, not not in the movie proper. They they yeah. did some some outtakes and things. That oh yeah. Are, yeah, are are on some of the. The home video releases, but mm-hmm. um, no, I mean this this was formative to me in you know kind of thinking about possibilities and yeah you know, for for all its its uh, deserved flack that it, it gets for you know not being you know super mechanically correct as far as time travel and how that uh, a might theoretically work yeah it's yeah, a ripple sure sure all of that but time allows you to fix your mistake that's what it does. It's just a movie. It's just a movie. You should really just relax. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's so. That's that's not really what it's about. But it got me thinking about you know thing things like that. And so from that standpoint, was sort of formative into getting me into science fiction mm-hmm. from a, a very early age. Plus, it's just a lot of plain fun. There's a a car chase with a skateboard. There's mm-hmm. rock and roll. There's the fifties. I mean, it's it's just loads of fun. It is just loads of fun. Um, yeah. The uh, do you have a favorite sequence that you like? It's hard for me to pick a single favorite sequence because mm-hmm. there's just so much joy to be found in in nearly any of them. I mean, it's it's so well directed. I mean, ev- every single shot is is just perfect. So I, I I think probably if I if I had to choose, I. I would probably choose the uh, the scene at the end of the dance before the big climax where where uh, Marty air quotes here invents rock, rock and, and roll, roll by playing Johnny B Good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, I am particularly fond of there's for some reason Doc has the time to make a model of the town. Um, <laughs> yep, yep. And um, so he. It's a great scene. It's a great scene. They walk through the whole. But what I particularly love is this face that Christopher Lloyd makes when something catches (laughs) on fire. Yep. Um, Yeah, that's the best. So. Yeah. (laughs) Well. Great expression. Great expression. John, John, it's Marvin, your cousin, Marvin Barry. You know that new sound you're looking for? Well, listen to this. Well, it's funny that you mentioned this as your number two, because my number two is actually Back to the Future Part Two. Um, <laughs> that's it. Like I said, Tim and I did not discuss what we wa- what we were going to bring up. So this, we did that's, not. That's, that's what makes this funny. Uh, I, I, I like the first one a lot. Um, it's, it's a good movie. I saw it in the theaters uh, when, it, when they did a re-release. Um, I was like, I don't know, like I would have been like. Uh, let's see what have been I would have been I would I was born <laughs> when the first one came out but who knows if I actually saw it but the the second one though the reason why I like the second one so much is because it's got so much extra weirdness for some reason like when I was thinking about when I was sick what was the one I would gravitate toward I'd almost always skip over the first one just to watch the second one because first of all a lot of the greatest hits of the first one are in the second one to be honest that's, um, that's true fair we, point yeah we get fake um Crispin Glover who I find absolutely hilarious um the uh, if like the yeah because the crispin glover didn't want to be in it but they still needed someone to play that character so they have this guy upside down 
Mm-hmm. Um, so you don't. And notice he's got it like three lines. He's got like three lines. It's 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 the best. Um, anyway, so they, the way they kind of skirt around that, uh, Michael J. Fox plays um, his son and his daughter um, in the future, and that's really the reason why I like it is that in the future we get to see what they thought 2015 was going to be like. And when I was a kid, I was like, right, is this actually going to happen? Probably not. Nah. Um, I particularly like Jaws 19. That's my favorite sequence mm-hmm. of it mm-hmm. is when Marty's just walking around, scoping out what the future is like and gets bitten by a giant holographic shark. What is Which still about? looks fake. Which still looks fake, yes. Um, it's got a whole MacGuffin thing going on about it that's just kind of fun. It, it gets surprisingly dark. Um, and it also ended up being weirdly prescient for these times right now just five years later um or yeah. one year later i guess depending who you talk to anyway so um yeah um but yeah so back to future part two for me uh is there a sequence in that that you like to i mean again the really the whole movie but um gosh if i had to pick one sequence out of that one um i i think the the cafe scene Oh, with uh, in, the, in the beginning with Max Hedrum, everybody like Matt with Hedrum, yeah, with like with like Max Hedrum, Michael Jackson, and Mike and uh, Max Hedrum Reagan, yeah, 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 all all of that and a uh, let's see a a very very oh, young very Elijah Wood, super young Elijah Wood, yeah. yeah, 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 but I mean that that whole sequence was was just a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. It was it was it was very silly. And, oh, absolutely! Kind of kind of tongue in cheek, you know, looking at the '80s like it was all you know ancient and backward, mm-hmm. while kind of still being in the middle of it. That that's that's always sort of funny to me. Yeah, no, I dig it. Uh, how do you feel about the third movie? I don't dislike the third one. It's fun, but it's also no. good. Like, uh, yeah, um, it's definitely the lesser of the three. But you know, I don't think it's yeah, a bad movie I, in any way. I, I have to agree with you on on that. It is it is the least of the three but i don't think it's a bad movie at all i I do like it it's it's definitely not as good overall as the other two Mm -hmm. oh totally it comes off a little more hokey yeah in in ways that the others were kind of intentionally hokey in Mm -hmm. in spots this one maybe just a little too much yeah no i totally see that yeah, the Back to the Future trilogy, I think, was really more my formative trilogy. Um, I mean, like, when people ask me, like, what was your trilogy? You know, because now we live in this age where, like, for some people, it's the Lord of the Rings. For a lot of people my age and older, it's Star Wars. Um, yep. But uh, for me, I think it was very much Back to the Future. Although I will tell people the Evil Dead trilogy, but it, it was really Back to the Future. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, fair enough. Yep. Uh, right. Back to the Future, definitely worth a rewatch. Especially for, when you're not feeling yeah. well. Oh, yeah, yeah. Feel good stuff, really. Shark still looks fake. Before we get to our our number ones, I did have, uh, as an honorable mention here, um, 1984's The Muppets Take Manhattan. Ah, I like that one. Yeah, that Rizzo the Rat is in that one. Yeah, yeah, Rizzo's in it. Um, a whole whole host of you know celebrity cameos in in classic Muppet fashion. Yep, Muppet's and, got a Muppet. You know, yeah, um, for a long time when I was a kid, this was most of my exposure to the Muppets, uh, Sesame Street notwithstanding, because mm-hmm. um, there there was that that was still less of a line back then than it right. is right. Yeah, Kermit now, was on it a lot of. back then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was that was still in those days. Um, but yeah, you know, this this was one that had come on television and we taped on a VHS tape. Ask your parents, kids. Um, 
And yeah, so I, I watched this one a lot. And yeah, it's it's not the best of the Muppet movies. It's not my favorite of mm. them. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that would be the original The Muppet movie. But this one has got so much heart and it's yeah. got some really great songs. And it's it's got, you know, there's a, a long stretch in the middle that's kind of melancholy. Yeah. And oh, totally, that, yeah. Yeah, that that somehow, you know, that was that was affecting to me as mm-hmm. as a kid. And yeah, I've I've kind of internalized some of that. It's, there there are things about this are, that are sad and it's mm-hmm. like, you know what? It's a sad thing and it's okay to be sad and you know, it's it's hard to deal with these things sometimes. Nice. Yeah, and uh, and if I remember correctly, and this is probably my favorite sequence because it's a pretty good number. It's uh, Kermit and Piggy get married in that one, right? Yeah, yeah. The the big big sequence at the end, you know, big big Broadway finish mm-hmm. deal. Um, yeah, and yeah, I mean that's that's not technically you know air quotes here Muppet canon. Muppet canon. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah. The, the whole fan base is like, is there a Muppet canon? Is there not? So, yeah. yeah. The, Mu- the Muppets, as the Muppets, are performers. They make movies. This is a movie that they made. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's it's funny how that how how that stuff works. Um yeah, I think my favorite, like I think for a long time the Muppet movie was probably my favorite Muppet movie until Muppets from Space came out. Um that ended up winning for no I, I still don't think it's the best one either. It just ended up being <laughs> I just ended up being my favorite because I great soundtrack. Uh, Gonzo is my power Muppet. So it it, it just fits. Um, yeah, yeah, and Muppets yeah. in general. Listen, Jenny and I were hugging because we're friends. That's what friends do. Friends do not spy. I spy because I care. Well, I care too. Well, why don't you say so? I just did. All right. <laughs> okay, so, so my honorable mention is kind of like, like Tim, it's like kind of movies of this particular ilk. Um, this is not my favorite movie of this variety, but it is a, it's a movie I do remember being like, well, I'm not feeling well. I'm going to watch one of these movies. And when I thought about that, what was the one that I watched? It was The Wolfman from 1941 with Lon Chaney. Um, I was a Universal Monsters kid growing up. Um, still kind of am as a grown-up. And uh, <laughs> like, so I would watch the old black and white classic horror movies. And um, what I when I was thinking about it was like the ones that I would watch. Um, one of my go-to ones was the wolfman um because it's just a fun little werewolf story i really like claude rains um even as like an eight-year-old i really liked claude rains because um, my intro to these kinds of movies was uh claude rains's fan of the opera mm. uh, a couple years later that came out a couple years after this and um so because of that i got really into the universal monsters and everything so you know wolfman the dracula dracula frankenstein uh, my favorite of that ilk is bride of frankenstein and, and actually in a lot of ways i believe that there are the, the best sequels of all time are The Godfather Part Two, followed by The Bride of Frankenstein. And uh, but the uh, but the Wolfman was always the one that I liked to watch when I was not feeling well as a kid, and I had it on VHS, and I would watch it. And there's all this great werewolf stupid mythology that has absolutely nothing to do with anything in folklore. Um, like even a man who's pure at heart but could say, say his prayers by night, like that whole thing, totally made up by by the screenwriter and for some reason people think it's a real thing it's not yeah good time yeah, Bela yeah. Lugosi is in it also fleetingly um yeah just an all-around fun movie yeah uh, I I only saw that one for the first time fairly recently so a, f- a few years ago and the the thing that that struck me you know watching it as an adult is is kind of the way it was framed and and how it was blocked basically as a stage play with a movie camera in front of it sometimes yeah yeah 
a lot of times actually yeah. like, this looks like a stage set and oh that know. yeah yeah like i thought you were like because yeah. dracula literally feels like a film stage like a lot of the time because of the, yeah, because of yeah. its source material uh, there's at least tracking shots in the wolfman <laughs> Um, there, there are a couple. Sure, yeah. that's 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 true. But um, yeah. a, a lot of the scenes, it's like, yeah, this this could have been done basically just on the stage, and yep. it, that one may actually have been adapted from a stage. For I, I think I that recall. that one, I think is all. That one's all just like a guy made something up. Um, like yeah. I think I think that one is all uh, Kurt Siodmak. Um, I think whereas Frankenstein and uh, and uh, Dracula are yes based on novels, but in reality based off of stage adaptations of those novels um i don't know about the mummy right. i think the mummy they just sort of went with um, yeah i think so yeah 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 like so yeah those were the things that I and i will still watch those when i'm not feeling well from time to time whoever is bitten by a werewolf and lives becomes a werewolf himself oh quit handing me that all right so number one all right number one number um one. so this should also come as no surprise to Really, anybody who who knows me, my number one go-to sick movie is from 1982, Star Trek II: The Wrath of Khan. Ah, yes, no surprise at all. Uh, so, uh, c- total confession, um, I don't know if I've ever like I actually have seen all of it, but I've never sat down to watch to watch it. Watch it. Um, <laughs> it's really bad. Like uh, I like I have seen for some reason it would be on HBO in the morning for a while. So I ended up seeing it all that way. One time I caught it from the from the beginning, and I just went to the scene that I had seen the day before. Uh, so uh, yeah, like, but no, that's like that's kind of like the best one. It, it's not my favorite one, but it's in a lot of ways considered the 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 apex of those movies. Um, I'm a yeah. big fan of four. I like whales, um, but yeah, uh, four yeah. four also very good, yeah. but uh, not generally considered as good as as this one. And this is. Yeah, this movie was largely responsible for reinvigorating the franchise, totally. which was basically dead. I mean, the the show had been canceled, you know, over a decade earlier and was in syndication and had lots of fans, but you know, the their first movie outing was a kind of a fiasco for a variety of reasons. It's it's not completely without merit, but um now this this is another case where, you know, when when I was a kid had uh, had some had some things happen that made Star Trek kind of formative for me as mm-hmm. well, um, and and that was when the Next Generation was was brand new on television was was a thing, and had sort of the the cross genre synergy with uh, with Lavar Burton being on Reading Rainbow and oh, on yeah. Star Trek, yeah. and and the the special Reading Rainbow episode they did about that. And so, that that was cool, and that was a a big part of my getting into it. Mm-hmm. And and then this movie came on 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 TV on on network, and we taped it. And I was like, this doesn't look like Star Trek, like I knew Star Trek, because I you know. But it was it was something different. I was like, oh well, okay, and and I got into it, and I mean, it's it's a. Uh, it's very much a submarine movie. Oh in yeah. Terms of, yeah, of, that's you know that is spot on. That is yeah, totally what it is. Yeah. Yeah, it, it it really is in terms of its main plot, but it's it's got a lot of themes about you know how how Kirk and his friends are kind of growing old and feeling old mm-hmm. and and how they're dealing with that and you know living up to think things that had had been in their past coming back to haunt them and mm-hmm. 
Well, because yeah, because Khan was on the TV show, right? Like, yeah, I, I have yeah. not seen that many of that much of the original series, but I have seen the Khan episode. Um, yeah, there's there's a, a whole history as, as as to how you know they they got this story and and how how it all got going after the motion picture, mm-hmm. you know, was what it was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there there was an episode of the original series starring Ricardo Montalban as as Khan, and so this this follows on from that. And it's got some really nifty effects. You know, I mean, for for the time, some of them hold up even now. Others, yeah, okay, looks looks a little dated, but still pretty cool. Um, some pretty nifty practical effects in there too. And uh, I mean, just a just a heartbreaking finale yeah. at, at the end of the movie. Yeah, this this to me is uh, arguably the the best of, of mm-hmm. the Star Trek movies, and it's it's the one I'm most likely to just reach for and and put on if I'm not feeling well, and I don't really care if I fall asleep at any point, because I've seen it so many times. Yep. Yeah. You have a favorite sequence? Ooh, favorite sequence. I think probably my favorite sequence comes at the beginning of the last act, where we, we get kind of a, a turn. There's there's a there's a dialogue scene mm-hmm. um, where you know some of our heroes are, are stranded and appear to be you know, just completely out of luck and and then everything turns around and and we learn some things about kirk and and how he faces problems or chooses to dodge them Mm -hmm. and and from there it it really gets pretty exciting it's like you know before that you know okay things go wrong and that's that's exciting it's like okay now now things are gonna you know yeah and and that's that's where you get the the climactic battle between the the two ships and and everything that happens there so, but yeah, the the scene right right there where where they get that bit of dialogue and and the way that scene transitions into the next sequence, I, I really love that and mm-hmm. and the the musical cues there from James Horner, uh, yeah, fairly recently passed, but you know wrote some great music. I think for me, the, I don't know if this is my favorite, but this is the instant the 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 moment that sticks in my head the most. There's like a scene where they're like putting these like bull weevils in people's ears or something oh yeah yeah, yeah like yeah. for some reason no, that that would be where i would always end up catching the movie like for <laughs> for a very long time like <laughs> like that was the thing i would catch every time i would just be right there yeah yeah uh, a lot of people would say that that is the the money sequence of yeah of the film anyway like is is the most memorable yeah and i want to just point out that we did not go with the con scene like uh i just, I just want to put that out there that there's more to yeah. that movie than just shatner yelling a name there, uh, there really is and you know truth be told uh, i mean for for all the grief that shatner gets he's actually pretty good in this movie that one bit notwithstanding that one bit notwithstanding that Ah, Kirk, my old friend. Do you know the Klingon proverb that tells us revenge is a dish that is best served cold? It is very cold in space. All right, uh, so I guess for my number one, um, once again, born in the 80s, um, so this is going to be no surprise. um, No surprise to anyone who knows me. um, So this is also my favorite movie of all time. Um, and that is 1984's Ghostbusters, directed by Ivan Reitman, starring a couple of guys from Saturday Night Live, a couple of guys from SCTV, maybe you've heard of them. Um, and um, yeah, the uh, so I once saw this movie in the theater twice in one day, 
Um, <laughs> oh man! And uh, this is before my wife married me. Um, so, uh, and she went with me both times. So that's a yeah, that's a sure sign of a solid. Um, someone is in it to be with it, it is in it if they go see the same movie with you twice in one day um i have Your seen wife's a keeper man she's a keeper um i have only seen her favorite movie in the theater once um with her <laughs> <laughs> and she has brought this up a few times but that's my yeah, neighbor you got that's, some catching up to do yeah that's my neighbor totoro but um anyway okay now it's funny that like this movie caught on and became the thing that it is um, because on paper, when you look at how it came about and all this stuff, they got so lucky. Um, Cause you know, Dan Aykroyd wanted mm-hmm. to like kind of make this like kind of dark, like kind of scary movie. Um, and then, Hey, you know, how Ramus came in to be like, you said a guy from SCTV, um, you know, got in with a guy from SNL and, you know, they ended up making this really funny, you know, excellent thing. You put Bill Murray in it, and um, you, then you have, you know, lightning in a bottle. The everybody, you really do. yeah, everyone in it is great. Rick Moranis is just almost ste- almost steals the movie. I I can't I can't really say what's my favorite sequence in the movie because um, it is my favorite movie. But I will say, when I saw the movie the second time, I did go in with a Twinkie and ate a Twinkie at the <laughs> What About a Twinkie scene. Um, <laughs> So there's that. Oh, um, the uh, I think when it comes to, like the special effects that I really like, um, you know, the, the terror dog sequence is one of my favorite things. Particularly funny now on, on Blu-ray because you can see the matte lines around it as it travels across the screen. I love it. I it's, I know some people aren't into that as so much, but it's you uh, still yeah. kind of have to be looking for. You it, have to look but, for yeah. it, but yeah, I like I love it. Like I think that's great. I have nothing against uh, a special effects having seams. Um, <laughs> so super funny um i i'm very much a horror kids no surprise there um so it's got a lot of horror film elements going on it's a great monster movie um it's a great ghost movie it's got everything you'd want for you know a guy like me so i could watch that at any moment anytime and the thing is like you know like i like ghostbusters too i liked the 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 other one like uh the, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. I can't remember the year it came out. Well, it's referring. It's now being called uh, Ghostbusters Answer the Call. Um, but Tim and I had a whole episode of it. Like, I like that movie. I own that movie. Um, it made me feel like a kid. I mean, like, what's... And uh, I, I'm cautiously optimistic slash pessimistic about this new one coming out because, uh, because like, are we just trying to make Ghostbusters Stranger Things? Um, I just, I can't... I don't know. We'll see. Um, which, don't get me wrong, yeah. I also really like Stranger Things, but I also like things being on its own. <laughs> being, you know, whatever. We'll see. I'm still going to see the movie. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. No Better. question. Ghostbusters. Yep. Who are you going to call? Yeah. <laughs> well, let's say this Twinkie represents the normal amount of psychokinetic energy in the New York area. According to this morning sample, it would be a Twinkie 35 feet long, weighing approximately 600 pounds. <coughs> That's a big Twinkie. So... That's uh, that's about all we've really got. But hey, hit us up on uh, on the Twitter, on uh, on Instagram, or even on Facebook. What are your favorite sick movies? We've just told you ours. We're uh, we're all in this together. Hang tight. Stay safe. Watch some movies. Eat some popcorn. Stay safe. Stay healthy. And we'll see you next time. Yep. Bye. Bye. Bye.